When a group of boys go to the park one night to play a quick game of soccer, they have no idea they're about to witness the final moments of a local legend. And then we meet a man with a curious ailment. Whether he's hanging out at home, walking down the street, or driving a car. A few feet away from him, out of the corner of his eye, he can clearly see the hand. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so first off, running into Dead Rabbit Command, one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Asphalt. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Yeah! Woohoo! It's hot, hot pavement. Walking on into Dead Rabbit Command. Asphalt, you're going to go ahead and be our captain or pilot of this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. If you do support the Patreon, you get ad-free versions of the episodes, as well as access to the Patreon Discord and Patreon monthly movie nights. Also, if you can't support the show, though, vote for us in the monthly Paranormality Paranormal Podcast of the Month Award. That link is in the show notes, as well as the Patreon link and all that good stuff. Asphalt, let's go ahead and get things started. I'm going to go ahead and toss you a shovel. Start shoveling that coal into the Carpenter Caboose. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Choo, choo, choo us all the way out to the United Kingdom. Chugga, 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 And when we get there, we're in this small town. We don't have an exact name for the town. Although, apparently, this story is still well-known to this day. It's very likely, if you're listening to this episode in the United Kingdom, you may go, oi, oi! I know the story. I heard it with my own ears. The story of Crazy Catherine. I know that story, Jason. Let's take a look at this. So, we're going to meet a young man. We don't have his actual name. He didn't post it online, but we're going to call him Ross. And he said this happened back when he was about 14 or 15 years old. A couple years ago. A couple years ago. This happened. He goes... We lived in a small town, and everybody knew about Crazy Catherine. Some people thought it was a cruel nickname. Her name actually was Catherine, but they called her Crazy. And our parents knew all the stories about Crazy Catherine. She was an older woman. Everyone in town knew about Crazy Catherine. And the reason why they called her that was... She had this thing where her eyes did not align. Like, I don't know if they were cross-eyed or lazy-eyed or what. And that's not enough. That's not enough to be called crazy. And she walked with this waddle. Roscoe's, it was like watching a drunk person stumble around the street. She walked with this really weird gait. But even that's just not enough to be called weird. What? really cinched it for them, right, is she was crazy. <laughs> like She acted like a crazy person, right? The fact that she walks weird and she has a lazy eye, that's not necessarily helping the situation to be an outcast in town, in this small town. 
But she also acted crazy. She slurred her words, and she acted like a child most of the time. Very, very childlike demeanor. She very rarely spoke, but when she did, she slurred her words and just had an overall childlike demeanor. And you would often find her at the playground on the child... uh, What's the proper word for it? The activities, like the swings... Or the slide or the roundabout. Those were those, we used to call them skull crushers. It's just that metal disc that (laughs) gains the velocity of a jet breaking the sound barrier. It's this metal disc with the the arm bars on it. And you run around as as fast as you can go. These things are death traps. And then you sit on it and you go, whoa. And you just spin around a lot, roundabout. She'd be there a lot, just kind of enjoying life. But you would see her on the playground equipment, acting like a child. And really, you know, to become a local legend, we've covered a couple stories like this over the years. I had, there was a legend when I was growing up of a man named Joe Trombone, who would walk around San Lorenzo and he was a rapper. He wasn't really a rapper. I'll start looking him up on Genius.com. You're like, I, I don't see Joe Trombone. He was a schizophrenic guy who could freestyle about anything. He wasn't any good. I mean, he was he was he was a homeless he was a homeless dude. He was a homeless guy with schizophrenia. He didn't have any record deals, but his name was Joe Trombone, and he lived in the area. And what's funny is I talked about him super early on this podcast, maybe like the first fifty episodes, and someone emailed me. They're like, "Oh, dude, Joe Trombone. He's still he's still around. At least he was in the early two thousands." And they sent me a YouTube video of him rapping. We covered the Catman from Scotland. That was an early episode. We covered Aki, who was also a local legend, but he was a, he was a convicted sex offender and local legend. He was this massive dude who would pick up other muscular guys and like squeeze them and get them in very very sex offender related positions. He's been to prison more than once. We've covered a couple of these different legends, and part of that is really interacting with the public, people hearing about you and also seeing you. So it wasn't that crazy Catherine just limited herself to the playground. You saw her all over town, and everyone called her Crazy Catherine because she acted like a crazy person. But after that, you had a split in the community. You had people who believed that she was crazy, but harmless. Just a kindly old woman. Maybe she had a stroke. Maybe this has been a lifelong mental illness. A little daft at worst, but harmless. The other part of the community goes, Crazy Catherine's a menace. She's a lunatic. And one of these days she's going to snap. And she's going to hurt herself or somebody else. And she really needs to be taken care of. I.e. get her out of the city. She's a menace. Now, Ross was in the camp that Crazy Catherine was totally harmless. He honestly believed the name itself, Crazy Catherine, was harsh and um, cruel in a way. And he believed, like, just leave her alone. She's not hurting anyone. Yeah, she's weird, But we don't need to label her this way. We don't need to treat her like an outcast. She's just a woman who's suffering some sort of mental deficiency. She's not going to hurt anyone ever. Ross, his version of the story, that's the one we're getting. He goes, she did scare people. 
She was totally harmless, but she did scare people. How much of it was her meaning to scare people? I don't know. But we would see this because she'd be out at all times of day and night. She just kind of wandered around. He goes, I have seen families at the park hanging out and then Crazy Catherine show up at the park doing that little waddle and families just get up and leave. They're so put off by her appearance and they're so put off by her demeanor that they are like, we're out. I've never seen her hurt anybody, but I've seen families react to her like she was a menace. But I've never seen her do anything to hurt anyone. But people were scared of her. Families, kids were scared of her. Well, he goes, one night, me and my boys wanted to go play some soccer at the local park. He said it was later, right? It was nighttime. The lights are on, but we're out there playing soccer, having a good old time. And, you know, we're just kids playing soccer, you know, teenage boys. We're staying out of trouble, just kicking the ball around. But there was another group of teens in the area that all they wanted was trouble. If they couldn't find trouble, they would make trouble. And this group of kids also showed up at the park that night. And he goes, they were really standing pretty close to the soccer field. And of course, you're like, great, are these guys going to start messing with us? You know, like, we just want to play soccer. And these bullies, really, that's what they are. These bullies show up and they're out drinking, being loud. But Ross and his friends are just ignoring them, continuing to play soccer. These other group of kids show up and they're just drinking and hooting and hollering in the night. Well, then, like she does, because she doesn't have any sort of fixed schedule, Crazy Catherine shows up to the park. But what Ross said was odd. I mean, that that was kind of expected. She does kind of wander around the neighborhood. It's not like she has a job to go to the next day. He goes, not only did she show up at the park, she the way she got there was inaccessible. Really, no one should have been able to enter the park this way. It pretty much stopped the soccer game. We all kind of stopped and stared and go, what in the world? What's in the bushes? Because Ross said the way it was laid out was there was behind the park farmland and then these really, really thick bushes and then the park. Now, that's not the way everyone else entered. There were openings for other people to walk in, but they're playing soccer and all of a sudden they see the bushes rustling And out of these bushes steps Crazy Catherine. And she's completely oblivious to the soccer match. She's completely oblivious to the drinking teenagers next to the soccer match. She's just wandering off towards the playground part of the park. And everyone's like, was she like wandering around in the farmland? Like, how long has she been out there? How did she get through those bushes? Those bushes are really, really thick. But she's oblivious to everything that's going on. She was oblivious as she powered her way through the hedges. Who knows how long she'd been out there on the other side of the brush. But now she's at the playground, which is close to the soccer field. And she's just kind of waddling around with that childlike smile on her face. She gets to the roundabout. And she starts pushing it slowly kind of walking around in a circle as she's pushing it. 
In the group of the bullies, the teenagers that were there drinking and playing their music and hooting and hollering, there was a couple girls, and one of the girls goes, Oi! Oi! This park doesn't belong to you! Get out of here, lady! And another girl in the group goes, Yeah, Crazy Catherine! It's time to leave! Get out of here! This is for kids! You're not supposed to be here! And they're yelling at Crazy Catherine. And the kids, Ross and his friends playing soccer are like, This is not going to end well. Like, they're just going to bully her to run her out of the park. But, like, what do we do? Right? We, we don't we don't want to get beat up by these guys either. You know, this is, they're used to people talking about Crazy Catherine, getting up and leaving when she comes in the area. But most adults at least have the decorum not to yell in her face. But here you have these drunk teenagers, and specifically these two girls who are just being rowdy and telling her to leave. And Crazy Catherine's completely oblivious to all of this. She's just slowly turning around, pushing this roundabout, as these girls continue to yell. And then one of the girls picks up an empty beer bottle and throws it directly at Crazy Catherine. It arcs through the dark night sky, headed right towards this woman. Now, it was a weak throw. Whether or not this girl just didn't have the ability to toss a bottle that far, or she didn't really mean to do serious damage, it was a weak throw. So, it made its way all the way to the target, which was Catherine. But when it hit her on the shoulder, it did so with such little force that it hit the old woman on the shoulder and then bounced to the ground and it didn't shatter. Whether it's because she was a terrible thrower or because she didn't really want to do serious damage, we'll never know. But the damage was already done. There's this long pause. Both the bullies and the soccer players are completely quiet. They have no idea what's about to happen next. Suddenly, Crazy Catherine lets out an ear-piercing and heartbreaking scream. She turns towards the kids and begins shouting, Stop! Please! Stop! Please! Stop! Please! Over and over again, tears streaming down her face as she begins to tear out her own hair. Crazy Catherine then begins to punch herself in the face. while still shouting over and over again, Stop! Please! Stop! Please! Even though it's nighttime, even though most people are in bed for the evening, or watching a little bit of the telly, these screams begin to echo through the neighborhood. Front doors start to open up. Neighbors poking their heads out, 
People walking out onto the front step. What's going on? Where's that coming from? Stop! Please! She continues to scream out as she's pulling out hair, punching herself in the face, and all of these teenagers have no idea how to deal with this situation. Crazy Catherine then turns. So she's facing the metal roundabout, which has those long bars on them to hold on as it's spinning around. She turns to face the roundabout, looks down at one of those bars, and as hard as she can, she slams her own head into the metal piping. Ross said it was the most sickening sound you could imagine. He goes, she just turned and slammed her head so hard into that metal bar, and the impact was so violent, it actually threw her off her feet. So she slams her head into the bar, loses her balance, starts to fall backwards, and the back of her skull hits the ground. At this point, adults are running towards the playground. They realize something's going on there. And one of the neighbors, one of the people who lived close to the playground was a nurse. And she runs up and begins to take care of Catherine. Now, Ross, his friends started calling the ambulance after she banged her head against the metal railing and fell backwards. So an ambulance is en route. There's a nurse there that's treating her. And the kids are being ushered off the field. Everyone's like, oh, you know, get out of here, get out of here. And as Ross and his buddies are walking away, he looks back and he sees Catherine. Her legs are moving. She's conscious. She's kind of sitting up as this nurse is trying to take care of her. Come on, boys, go. Go back home. I don't know what type of trouble you've been causing out here, but you guys need to get home. They're ushered off by the adults as they hear an ambulance wailing off in the distance headed towards the playground. But by the next morning, Catherine was dead. The injury that she had dealt to herself was fatal. And Ross said, he goes, you know, I still think about this story. I still think about that night for a couple different reasons. He goes, one, this happened quite a few years ago. He goes, everybody still talks about Crazy Catherine. People still not only remember that night, but her, her legacy overall, one of an outcast in the village. Someone who was ostracized because she had a lazy eye, she had a weird way of walking, she slurred her words, and and she just wasn't all there. She acted like a kid, just kind of wandering around town. People still talk about Crazy Catherine, but a lot of times it's still negatively. A lot of people in town still view Crazy Catherine as a lunatic who died a lunatic's ending. And good riddance. She didn't do it to herself. She's probably going to do it to someone else. I told you this whole time Crazy Catherine was a crazy woman. And while it's sad that she died in the way that she did, listen, it could have been worse. Could have been way worse. But when Ross hears people talk like that, he doesn't believe it. You still have people who remember Crazy Catherine as, yes, she was crazy, but harmless. And the reason why she killed herself that night, that wasn't her intent. Her intent wasn't to kill herself, well, as far as they could tell, but 
It wasn't because she was crazy that she did it. It was that she was assaulted. This girl threw a bottle at her and, and she snapped. And although she would constantly go through these motions where people would think that she was oblivious to the concerns of the people around her, maybe she wasn't. Maybe she did realize when people got up and walked away. or Maybe she did know all of that stuff. She knew they were saying that to her, but she didn't have a way to express it. She definitely didn't have a way to combat it. But that doesn't mean that it didn't hurt her feelings. That doesn't mean that it didn't, over time, begin to weigh on her soul. So on this particular night, when this girl threw the bottle at her, it was just the conclusion of a lifelong harassment campaign. So Ross says, I still think about the story because we still talk about Crazy Catherine in town. People still talk about her, and a lot of people still think that she was a menace, and if she didn't do it to herself that night, she was going to hurt somebody else in the future. But I, I don't believe that. But Roscoe, sometimes, though, I think about the girl who threw the bottle. I wonder if she ever thinks about Crazy Catherine. I wonder if she ever feels bad. I wonder if she ever regrets throwing that beer bottle across the dark playground. It's interesting, super interesting story. I found that the other day. It was posted by a guy who uses the name Ross Kemp Tank online. That's why we called him Ross. Super uh, interesting story. I mean, again, it's that idea of the local legend. Yesterday we talked about Phobia 78, who's not a local legend. Like, he just seems like he's in some mental health crisis. And I mentioned, you know, it, it seems like that's a ticking time bomb. And now we're looking at the other side. I think the story from yesterday... That wasn't so, well, we don't know if this guy is going to do anything violent. <laughs> He's constantly talking about committing violence. Now, luckily for us, for the people around him, he kept saying, like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should sacrifice animals. I don't know if I should brutally mutilate people. But God's telling me to do these things, and I'm constantly having this fight going on in my life. So that, that, that you know, keeps him in bay, at least, his own moral code. He knows the difference between right and wrong. With Crazy Catherine, it's not like she ever did anything wrong, other than, as far as we know, right? Um, all she did was be off in a in a town. That's all. She was a little daft, a little weird. Sometimes that's enough for people to single you out, and then over the years, you could just keep growing and growing and growing. Even like with Joe Trombone, I'll put that. I'll see if I can find that YouTube video again. Put it in the show notes, like. This guy's rap, and he's a schizophrenic rapper, but people enjoyed his company. Like, it was a privilege to have Joe Trombone rap for you. The dude has to be dead by now. I mean, I hope he isn't. But, I mean, he was in his 40s when I was down there. Maybe 30s, right? So, I mean, and that was, like, in the 90s. So, at that point, he'd, he'd be in his 60s by now. Maybe he's still out there. Maybe he's still rapping. I don't know, but... I'm sure some people took advantage of him, but for the most part, it was considered a privilege. If you saw Joe Trombone, if he rapped for you, it was something you bragged about at school. There's different layers to these local legends. The Catman, you know, that was someone you would want to see people. I think, if I remember correctly, we're trying to feed him fish or something like that. Such a weird story. 
And then there you have the negative ones like Aki, who, again, sex offender, uh, local legend. That's definitely not a guy that you want to have. But Crazy Catherine kind of fits into that Joe Trombone category where she is really, as far as we can tell, was pretty harmless. And yet the town never cut her a break. Some people did. Some people just thought, leave her alone. She's not going to hurt anyone. But even after her death, people are still complaining about her, complaining that she existed in the first place in their small little town somewhere in the United Kingdom. But the fact that Ross still brings it back to the human level, and he goes, I wonder if that girl ever regretted throwing that bottle. He'll never know the answer to that. Overall, though, it's just a sad story. It's a sad story of a woman who didn't fit in, most likely did have some sort of mental health issues, whether it was a stroke, whether she was born this way, maybe she had some massive trauma in her life. We don't know. We don't know the details. Most likely Ross didn't know as well. But um, feared by some, tolerated by others, right? It wasn't. It didn't seem like anyone went out of their way to love her either. I'm sure there were people who were a little extra nice to her, but there's no mention of a social circle or anything like that. It was just a lady walking around town, feared by some, tolerated by others. Violently dies by her own hand one night in front of a bunch of teenagers. And that's become her legacy. Even after death, she's still known as Crazy Catherine, the woman who cracked her own head open. There's no redemption arc for her. Just the sad ending to a sad story in a small town in the United Kingdom. Ashfold, I'm going to invite you back tomorrow to fly the Carpenter Copter. I don't, I don't have enough time to talk about the hand story. I don't want to rush through it. We got a it's really really interesting one. This story took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but that's the way it goes sometimes, right? I really like this story. I'm glad I was able to share it with you. <laughs> Jason, no, tell tell something funny. Tell something at least enjoyable. That episode that story was depressing. Um I'll tell you this story real quick. Ashfault, get the carpenter copter ready. I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, your mileage may vary on how uh, uh, funny this you're like Jason this is more depressing than the story you just told I think you know so I'm recording this segment on Father's Day I still haven't called my dad yet but I'll tell you some funny stories that involved my dad once you know I was a chubby kid I was a chubby kid I overate as a child and the trends never stopped I, I've lost a lot of weight especially I've lost a lot of weight since the Oregon Ghost Conference but I was a chubby kid, and I remember one day when my dad, he was a minister, right? We were at seminary in uh, the Bay Area. And me and my brother and my brother's friend, I don't remember my brother's friend, we were out, we would just wander the college campus for hours on end when school wasn't in session. Well, <laughs> their school, their students learning classes, and we're like going on Goonie adventures right outside their window. They're like, did those kids just uh, beat up those bank robbers? Why are they running by with a map? We'd wander around campus when we didn't have school. And my dad, so he was going to classes to be a minister to get his doctorate degree or whatever it was, master's degree, I don't remember. Anyways, I was a kid. 
I probably would have been. I was in fourth or fifth grade when this happened. I was a chubby kid. My brother, not so much. And my dad also to make ends meet. He also was a, a custodian on the campus. Now, not like cleaning out garbage cans. I mean, not like there's anything wrong with that, but not like an indoor custodian. He did work out and like fixing sprinkler systems and things like that. He had one of those little golf carts he would drive around on and do maintenance. Mate, that's the term maintenance worker. He was a maintenance worker and they'd have these little golf carts. So anyways, one day me and my brother and his friend were walking all around campus and this little golf cart drives up to us and it's one of the other maintenance workers. We didn't, we'd never seen this guy before. Because it's a big campus, so there's a lot of maintenance crew. We're wandering around. He doesn't know who we are. We don't know who he is. And this dude pulls up in this little golf cart. He looks at me and he's like, why are you so fat, dude? Why? Look at your little boy and you're so fat. Why are you so fat? You, you're too fat. My brother's like, what, what in the world is going on? I don't know how the conversation started. I just remember him calling me fat. Saying I was too fat, I don't know if it started off like a normal conversation, like, hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, nice weather today. Why's your uh, why's your brother so fat? But very quickly, it became a conversation about how fat I was. And this guy, he pulls up in the, this totally true story, like, wow, Jason, I thought you were going to tell us something a little more funny than, uh, than open child abuse, a guy abusing these kids in the middle of nowhere. We're on campus. This guy pulls up. We're like in a parking lot, too. We're not like off in the woods, like stand by me. It's 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 golf cart accessible. He pulls up. He starts saying, why are you so fat? He's he's making fun of me. And then he goes, do push ups. You need to lose some weight. You need to do some push ups. And here's the thing. Listen, my brother, like all of us, like all of us boys, we're brawlers. My dad was a brawler. I'm a, I got to be a brawler when I was older. I did so many push-ups that day. I became like one punch man. After that, I became the ultimate fighter. But you can't fight an adult. Like this guy was in like his mid to late 20s. And my brother was super mad. And his they were just kind of flabbergasted by what was going on. My brother was just furious. But he's like, we can't beat this guy up. I guess you gotta do push-ups, Jason, and I'm crying. I'm crying and I'm doing push-ups in the dirt. And here's spoiler alert, I can't do push-ups. I have the weakest chest. Definitely couldn't do them back then. Definitely couldn't do them under duress. This man is telling me to do push-ups because I'm so fat. And my brother totally just wants to beat this dude up. He totally just wants to lay into this dude, but he's like just furious. And he, you know, they're not just <laughs> My brother and his friend, they didn't go buy popcorn to watch. They, they were protesting. Stop, Jason, you don't have to do that. Come on, man. Get up. Get up. And he's like, no, he needs to do push-ups. Look how fat he is. And then I think my brother just realized, okay, I know the ultimate way to fix this. Uh, Jason, do a couple more push-ups. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Eventually, the guy leaves. And I'm crying. And my shirt's all dirty. And my hands hurt. And I didn't, wasn't able to complete a single push-up. And my brother's like, um, let's go tell dad. Let's go tell dad what happened. Because this dude was a maintenance crew. Dad's maintenance crew. We don't know who this guy is. But my, but dad will find him. <laughs> dad will find out who this guy is. So anyways, we make the long trek back to, we lived on campus. We lived in campus housing. We made the long trek. It was probably only like a hundred yards or whatever. Everything's super long to a kid. 
We make the arduous journey over the mountains back to the college dorm we lived in. I'm crying. That wasn't, that wasn't anything new. I was a very emotional boy. We walk into the apartment. I'm crying. I'm dirty. Again, that, was, that wasn't anything new either. And I'm just blubbering. And my older brother comes in and is like, Dad, some dude just pulled up in a golf cart, one of your maintenance golf carts, and made Jason do push-ups because he was so fat. And I don't know how much of that information my father processed. He was basically, he was, he was sitting at home, just relaxing, he just got off work. He's like, oh, I got my buddy to take over my shift. He's sitting at home, and as my brother's telling him that story, he's like, what? What? <laughs> what? And he's basically getting dressed to go out and beat a man to death. He's like, what? 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 He just couldn't believe that this happened. And he left. He just left the apartment. Well, what? we didn't know what happened. He just came home eventually. Right? <laughs> he just came home eventually. And that's the end of the story. No questions asked. Well, what happened? I didn't know the rest of this story afterwards. But my mom told me, I think it was because like what I think my dad obviously came back. He's not missing to this day. He's not in Sing Sing for murdering a man. I think he just came home and he's like, it'll be okay. That guy won't bug you anymore. What happened was my dad got in his golf cart and drove all over campus looking for this dude. Based on my brother's description of him, my dad just drove around in his golf cart like the driver from Drive. Looking for the man who mocked his son and made him do push-ups. My dad's probably thinking, listen, Jason probably could do a couple more push-ups. Fine. But nobody, nobody forces my kid to do push-ups other than a PE teacher. But anyways, he's driving around. He's furious. And apparently, again, I heard this side of the story later. Apparently, the other guy was back at base, base camp for the maintenance crew. He was talking to some co-workers and my dad pulls up on his golf cart and basically launches out of the golf cart. I don't know if it was still moving. And I won't say attacked the guy, but he he manhandled him. My dad basically gets in this guy's face. Because the other, imagine you're just sitting there talking to your buddies at work. And one of your co-workers comes in and grabs a dude and begins to violently shake him. And starts screaming at him, you stay away from my son. You stay away from my son. I'll beat you. I'll beat you so badly. If that ever happens again, people were just standing around. They're like, what is going on? What is going on? Apparently, my dad did. Again, I don't want to say assault. I will say that my dad apparently almost got kicked out of college. My dad was in trouble. For manhandling this other dude because of what he did to me. Like, he stalked he stalked him, he found him, and he, uh, you know, I won't, again, try to pump it up. I won't say my dad beat him up. But it was enough that the employers and the school administrators were like, listen, um, yeah, we talked to that other guy about, <laughs> about harassing children. But, um, so we got that handled. Also, you can't assault your coworkers. This is a seminary. You guys are training to be ministers. You can't leap out of golf carts and violently throttle people. <laughs> you could have come to us. You could have came to us, and we would have taken care of it. 
I don't know if the, uh, I don't think the other guy, I don't know whatever happened to him. I don't know if he got fired. I doubt it. I don't know if he left the college or anything like that. But I know I never saw that dude again. My dad handled it. And so what a great Father's Day story. What a great Father's Day story. What a great dad. I actually have a ton of them. <laughs> a lot of them involve stuff like that. My dad, very dynamic individual. I learned from the best. Hopefully that was a more lighthearted note to end this Crazy Catherine episode on. Asphalt, you will be back tomorrow. And Dad, you're the best. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day for violently assaulting people on your son's behalf. Cause you jump around at your homie clown. Got his tongue went down, don't wear a frown. Cause you know when the lady in the day, and you know like a black-eyed pea. And I call like Ebony and Ivory. Cause when the lady come to me, you know she be stepping. And I call her Sabrina, dear. You wanna get down in the ghetto like the gold medal black. You come out black, saying, you know, like vanilla and fudge and salt and pepper. You know what be stepping, what be stepping. What's up with the what up and the what? And the what up and the following the yo because you know brother man keep the lady on your side do the right thing come set it come set it come set it come set it you know do the right thing for sure you know in the heart you see for sure you know in the heart you see for sure you know in the heart people in northern california that are down they're down for indios brothers 151 206 tanya tucker to stop the madness Stop. Matt was quick. Matt was evil. Was evil to get in dark area. Was evil to break off with hostility and anger. But the real kind son gentleman will find now not a fire's prejudice bone in your body. So love all thy sisters and brothers and make peace in your step. And let me tell you, and from your mouth speak the word, the divine words, that the Holy Spirit was meant for all. We're individuals, not by race or religion. We're all in one for God. We're God's siblings. We're our children. We are Christian sisters and brothers in the world. You know what took you so long, Burger King and all that? Keep it real and safe, real and safe. Keep on saddle, keep on saddle. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.